As we discover together, as we uncover many aspects of law of attraction, spiritualism, and science. To see all possibilities, to see the wonder, and to see the magic that makes up all that is you, me, us, love. Along the way, we can attract wisdom. I'm delighted you're here with me exploring. The journey's always better with friends. Hello, my friends. Here I am as Isabel. In this session, we are going to explore a medicine woman's life. And the medicine woman actually teaches us a lesson. And If you are called to do shamanic type work, healing, teaching, or psychic, it matters not how it is being expressed to you in this lifetime, in this timeline continuum, because there is so much more going on than we realize and certainly what we see. The unseen Tapping into the field is not only beneficial for us, it brings clarity and unifies all aspects of ourselves. And when we are connecting with our heart center, our portal to that subtle energy where the potentiality expands. So, What does that really mean? I think I can help you understand it. It matters not where you are in your journey of remembering. You are being guided and assisted by many physical entities, the people in your life and the people you come across or the people you even encounter virtually, meaning the TV, social media, your phone, that kind of thing, and non-physical entities, right? Your, your spirit guides, angels, aliens. There are a lot of non-physical entities. And then you have your higher self, your inner being that knows you really, really well. We are here, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard it called the matrix, the illusion, our programming. And I go with programming because it does feel like scripts to me, like uh, loops. It's weird. Like every once in a while, like I'll be like, oh my God, that's so scripted. Uh This is very strong in us. And in order for us to believe this illusion, believe it or not, you have had many lives getting used to the illusion because when we first came into the illusion, we remembered so much of the true reality that we just popped out. We were just like, yeah, this is is a game and I'm out. So I find it very ironic and charming in a way that 
here we are after several lifetimes really believing the illusion and not wanting to let it go. Like we love it in, um, in a very interesting way, because I think it's almost like a love hate kind of relationship with this illusion. Like sometimes you're, I, I know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, the fear is so intense. Like, what the hell? You know, I chose this. <laughs> and then there's other times where I'm like, oh my God, this is great. So I do find it interesting that uh, part of the work that we do is waking ourselves up from the illusion that we really believe that the illusion is not true reality. And there are many stages to this. Some of you are moving away from duality and judgment into oneness and love. And with that, there is your own soul growth and the collective frequency soul growth of expansion. There are many entities wanting to be here in this timeline continuum of the Great Awakening. And you, my friends, along with me, we got a golden ticket. We are, you know, at ringside or in it, you know. So just know in order for you to be here, you are very strong. And everyone around you is also very strong, whether they are awakened or not, because this reality um, or the illusion is very dense and very uh Constricting and fearful and the survival mode is very strong here. And a lot of souls will just pop out because it's so hard. It's challenging. It's really challenging. So whether your friends who are awake or not are aware or not, they are a very strong entity in order to be here. And with that, let's listen into the session. Here we go. Where are you? I see trees. <gasps> I don't see any buildings. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it's been colonized or mm-hmm. built upon. It seems pretty empty, but there's still so much. Mm-hmm. And if you look down below you, Do you feel like you have a body? Yes. Male, female, young, old? A young female. Ah. Strange. It's like much like myself. Mm Mm-hmm. She has long black hair. Ah. And in my hand, there's a leaf. Uh Uh-huh. She's spending a lot of time looking over them. It's nighttime. She's touching them and remembering what they feel like at night when she can't see them. Oh, how lovely. Oh, so she loves nature, huh? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Is she wearing a long dress? No, she's wearing uh, leather. Uh-huh. I feel like she's made it. Ah. Oh. Yeah. And that it's uh, going to be cold soon. 
Uh-huh. So she has more on than she normally would. Yeah. Is it pants or a long tunic? It feels like they're pants. Mm-hmm. And a long and a long tunic. Yeah. That, that come down yeah. to the knees. And yeah. The... You feel like she's Native American? Yes. Mm-hmm. And this is her home, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go where she uh, lives most of the time. Can you take me in front of the place where she lives? There's many houses that have been, not houses, but these woven buildings that uh-huh. are, they have little fire, play, or little fires in front of them, and mm-hmm. there's things hanging on the inside that make them warm and smell good, and mm. there's yeah. tasks that are done in, in the street. Uh-huh. the road and the paths between them. Yeah. And um, the people seem pretty quiet at night, still night, and but they're covered, the trees cover the, the stars. Ah. Uh. And it's like it's quite a few people, quite a few little huts, and seems like they're all moving. Mm-hmm. And so they've created these to pack down and go back up when they find a new place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds beautiful. All right, let's go where she lives. Let's see if there's anyone in there. Let's go into the place where she sleeps at night. Is there anyone in there? Does she have a mother, father, siblings? There's no one there right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. All I, right. I get the presence of a of there was, but there isn't anymore. Ah, uh, sure. Now, I just want to let you know, um, Kaza speaks very softly, and you might not hear her, which is okay. I'm going to repeat anything that she says so that you don't miss anything. All right. So um, she's seeing trees, a young female like herself in this life. She is holding a leaf, spending a lot of time looking over them, remembering what it feels like touching the leaves because she can't see them for it's night. Do you see how this entity is connecting with nature? Have you held a leaf at night remembering how it was during the day? Have you felt the leaf's essence? So I would like for you to go ahead and find a leaf in your physical reality, no matter what season it is, and Feel the essence of that leaf. Saint Germain had asked me to hold a leaf. So I I love to go hiking. And I did hold a leaf. And in my third eye, I saw the leaf uh, cells. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And I psychically connected to that leaf. But I don't know if I went to feel its essence 
you know, setting that intention to feel that essence and try to remember that leaf in its different stages. So that's an extra little challenge for those who want to play along to not only feel the leaf's essence, but to see if you can feel its different stages, future, past, and present. Okay, let's listen back in. Where are you? In front of a fire. Mm. Those people around. Mm -hmm. And we're... a man and he he's gathered me here uh-huh he's telling a story and everyone is sitting uh-huh and i have like a flower crown on my head like uh-huh. some important ornaments uh-huh and i have a woven tapestry on my back. Mm. And I'm listening. Is it a ceremony? I can't tell. Uh-huh. I just feel very... I have a lot of nerves about this. <laughs> She's nervous, huh? <laughs> and she... She's anxious mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's a lot of responsibility putting put on her. Ah, okay. All right. Well, I was going to say it reminds me of stories of my great-grandmother Ah, in our tribe. Uh-huh. I've been seeing these people for a few. Anytime I've meditated, I've seen... The shadows of these people. Yeah, this is your tribe. Yeah. And she's going through a ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how lovely. Well, let's condense time and space where the ceremony is now over. And what is she doing? She's leading the people spiritually. Mm. I think she's taken on the role of a shaman. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. Or medicine woman. Or yeah. People come to her now. Yeah. And ask for help. Oh, so she's a healer. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, and that's why she was studying the leaves. Yeah. I can feel her expression. It's much more. I feel stern uh-huh it's that responsibility that she feels yeah she takes it very seriously huh yeah yeah it's, i can feel my face crinkling and making that it's so strange yeah yeah oh that's so nice in front of a fire there are people around she sees a man and he gathers her here He is telling a story and everyone is listening. And I have a flower crown on my head. Some important ornament and a woven tapestry is on her back. It is a ceremony. She has a lot of nerves around this. 
and she meditates, she sees the scene, a shaman and a medicine woman. She is a healer. How cool is that to be part of her ceremony or witnessing her ceremony becoming a medicine woman? I just thought that was really cool. Okay. Let's listen back in. Standing over a deer. Mm. And there's children around. Mm-hmm. And I'm explaining the importance of its role. Mm-hmm. And the sun is out. And when we look up, we can see the clouds. Mm-hmm. And I use that in my example to tell them about how important it is to care for those who care for us. And I remember that I'm trying to guide them through striking efficiently so that the animal doesn't feel the pain and that when you take from it and you and you use its leather for your clothes and that and you use its antlers for ornament or decoration that you should wear it with the same essence as the creature as it would and use it to protect yourself because that's its gift to us. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that message. Oh, what a beautiful message for us to remember. The kids don't seem to really understand too much yet, but they, <laughs> they understand enough. I'll just keep saying it and eventually they'll get it. Well, welcome to being a teacher. <laughs> That's a beautiful message. Standing over a deer and there are children around and I'm explaining the importance of its role. The sun is out and when we look up, we can see the clouds. And I use that in my example to tell them about how important it is for those who take care of us. I remember that I am trying to guide them, striking efficiently so the animal doesn't feel pain. And that when you take from it and you use its leather for clothes and you use its antlers for ornaments or decorations, you should wear it with the same essence as the creature would as you use it to protect yourself, because that's a gift for us. And how cute is it that the kids didn't get the message and she will keep saying it. I want to go back to Essence. I have a, I have two dogs and one of them is a Patterdale Terrier and her name is Raven. If you looked up a Patterdale Terrier. They're only like 10, 12 pounds. Very muscular. Looks like a miniature lab. And what's interesting, I was doing a session and my other dog, Bijou, is really good when I do sessions remote. She's very quiet and she she just knows. But Raven is this little puppy and she came home 
And my friend was channeling uh, his uh, non-physical peeps and the oracle could feel the essence of Raven and said, she's a black lab. She's like a black lab dog. And I explained when Daniel woke up, I said, indeed, her essence is of a black lab. And I thought that was so interesting because our non-physical friends read vibration and our essence. I think this might help us not get so attached to our form because we get really, you know, society really has a lot of things like how you should look, how you should behave, all these rules, right? And I don't think we focus on the beauty of our essence, the essence of us, our life force, our, uh, it's just such a beautiful higher vibration. So focus on your essence and relax around your form. Okay, let's listen back in. She's bundled up. Mm-hmm. It feels old. Mm. And she's wrapped in so many cloths that people have brought her. Aww. And the same man that came to her ceremony is now here. And he is dressed with beautiful ornaments. And as her mind is fading, mm-hmm. she gets lost in them. Mm-hmm. And he takes her hand and she's gone. Oh, what a beautiful transition. And now that she's on the other side, she can look back at her life. What was the purpose of this life? To guide those children. To guide the children. And were they guided? Yes. Oh, that's lovely. They brought the cloths to lay on her to warm. Oh, that's so nice. And they passed her traditions on to their children. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, what a beautiful life. That's so nice. And now we remember some of her stories. Thank you so much for sharing the deer story. She's bundled up and she feels old. And she's wrapped in so many cloths that people have brought. And the same man that came to her ceremony is here now. And he is dressed with beautiful ornaments and her mind is fading and she is getting lost in them. Then he takes her hand and she's gone. I thought the beautiful transition from her physical reality to non-physical with her um, shaman coming to transition her by taking her hand. I just thought that was beautiful. And my friend, Julie Ryan, asked Julie Ryan, she really is, um, she's a med- medical um, intuitive. And she also wrote this book about 12 ascending angels, something like that. Sorry, Julie, if I got your book wrong. 
Uh, but you can Google her and uh, you can also call into her show, Ask Julie Ryan. She, there are stages to transition and you never transition alone. There is always uh, a non-physical entity or somebody that you know that has already passed transitions you and it's very beautiful. There's nothing to be scared about transitioning from physical to non-physical, from everything that I've been guided and mentored and read and discussed. It's beautiful, really. I think the birthing process, to be honest with you, might be a little bit more jarring. I haven't read a lot about the birthing process. I don't know why we, we really don't discuss it. I had heard that, you know, we pick our parents and our trajectory and all that kind of stuff. But the transitioning from physical to non-physical seems to be just really beautiful. Her purpose was to guide the children. And yes, they were guided. And they were the ones, the children that she taught, they were the ones that brought the cloths to keep her warm. And they passed on her her traditions onto their own children. So just beautiful. I hope you really enjoyed that medicine woman's life. And now we're about to pop into another life. Let's listen back in. Where are you? What do you see? in my small apartment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's got a tiny little stove by a window and a little chair for me to eat beside. Mm. And it feels like we're in England. Mm-hmm. And the newspaper, it comes and it has the news of war. Ah. And I know that I do some sort of writing, but I'm not sure what exactly it is. Uh Uh-huh. So you're a female? Yes. Yeah. Young? A little bit older than I am now. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Living in this small apartment. No. Any anyone living with you or you live alone? For a while I had uh, a friend that lived with me, but she met a guy. Uh-huh. And now they're getting married. Oh. And I've had a few guys over. Uh-huh. And sure. they stay, but they're mostly soldiers that leave. Yeah. Yeah. It's that time. Yeah. She's in a small apartment in England with a tiny stove and a chair next to it. Living during the war, she lives alone now as a writer. Where are you? I'm in a green room Mm -hmm. with... There's portraits on the wall, Mm. black and white. Uh huh. And there's some, there's candles and these little glasswares that are, I think they're crystal. They just shine so nice. 
Mm. I've got stockings on. Uh huh. They're not the right fit, and I keep adjusting them. <laughs> Those stockings. They <laughs> definitely have to fix them when I get home. <laughs> and I have sensible shoes on, but I have a nice, I think it's a dark blue dress on. Ooh. You sound beautiful. I'm taller than uh-huh. I'm used to being. Uh-huh. And my date is about the same height. Uh-huh. And he's got on a green uniform. Ah. You like him? Oh, he's so cute. He is. <laughs> and this is your date with him? Oh. Well, let's explore this date. Let's condense a little time and space where you're further along on your date. Where are you? What are you doing? We're dancing. Oh, he doesn't do it well, <laughs> but he's making me laugh. So it's okay. So are you helping him dance? I don't think he can be helped. <laughs> he's definitely had a drink and I've had a drink and we're just laughing really on on the on the ballroom floor and just kind uh, of uh, enjoying ourselves and that's wonderful all right you want to see if you kiss oh we do oh. i think we've kissed a few times tonight oh that's wonderful oh reminds me of casey oh it's the vision that I've had or the dream that I've had of him. Yeah. In a green room, portraits on the wall, black and white. Had to be photos, right? Candles, glassware, crystals, stockings that are not the right fit and she has to keep adjusting them. Love this little detail. Sensible shoes and a dark blue dress and her date is about the same height in a green uniform. He is so cute. Did you hear that emotion when she said that? Exploration of the date. They are dancing and he is not doing it well, but he is making her laugh. I don't think he can be helped. How cute is that? They were enjoying themselves. She knew they had kissed. He reminds her of Casey and that she has been sent this dance in a dream. So her higher self, which we're going to come to find out that it's Ishtar, um, sent her this dream. And Kaza was very curious about this reoccurring dream that she has been having in her life. Casey is her current boyfriend. When I was writing the script... I remember a reoccurring dream when I was little. And I can tell you when you have reoccurring dreams, sometimes we just discount them like, oh, I don't know why we're having this dream. It must be something what's going on in my life or whatnot. But these dreams are being sent to us. When I was a little girl, five and under, 
I had this dream and I still remember this dream. And I knew I was in a war zone area and there was a group of us moving from building to building, hiding and running. Because I was five and under, I didn't know I was being shown a previous life. And I didn't really know what the dream meant. I did have a sense that I was successful in that the people didn't expect us to be alive and succeeding and running. And just now, they told me that they sent me that dream to show how brave and courageous I was. I just, it's funny how I got an aha moment decades later from my non-physical team, why they kept on showing that dream to me. Because it was like I was winning a great, a, a game. Anyways, I hope you think about your reoccurring dreams and look at them with a new perspective. Let's listen back in. I'm sure he was nervous. <laughs> asking you to dance <laughs> oh when it's funny because he does the same thing casey does um when casey gets excited and he drinks he misses and it goes all over himself <laughs> but he still tries to drink it and this one's doing it with like a brandy out of one of those glasses <laughs> that is so adorable i can't stand it <laughs> Oh, but he's blonde. He's blonde. Yeah. How interesting is it that Casey is reincarnated in the now and has a similar trait of the blonde man that he was then, which makes perfect sense because we lose sight that we are multidimensional and your inner being or higher self has access to all of your lives that are happening now. Remember, there is no time. Now, the present moment is where everything is happening. Everything else exists in the field of potentiality. Let's listen back in. He asked me to come here. Uh-huh. And he brought me these flowers. Oh, They're on my wrist right now. Oh, It's like a rose and baby's breath. Uh-huh. But it's an old rose, so I think that he's had it for some time. Uh-huh. Or it might just be hard to get during this time. Yeah. Yeah. Aw, that's so sweet. I really like it when I get to experience dates from different time periods. The experience of not knowing what is going to happen, to get to know someone, to see if there's a connection, I think... It's exciting. I don't know. Let's listen back in. Where are we? I don't know. I'm on the ground. Okay. Um, I don't feel good. Oh. Um, feel dizzy. Mm-hmm. And I can feel my heart rate just mm. going through my chest. Okay. And I can see trees. 
Yeah. But the more I focus, the more dizzy I get. Oh. Okay. Whatever has happened has now happened. Where are you? A few blocks away from my apartment. Okay. It's closer to the the edge of town. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the places they tell us not to go. Mm-hmm. And all my things are gone. Aww. I think I dropped them and I think I was scared for some time. Mm-hmm. But oh. I keep seeing the trees and I keep seeing the buildings. They aren't um it seems like they've been damaged in some way. Oh, maybe a bomb. I I, I think I think so. I think yeah. that's why my head keeps spinning. And I've just been knocked down. Yeah. Did you survive that bomb? I can't tell. Okay, let's move forward. Let's condense time and space to another important day with this life. We have now arrived at another day. Where are you? Hospital. Ah. Okay. I have blankets around me. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone by your side? I I don't wake up very often, but the one time, this time I see Casey. Oh. And he's got his hat next to, in his hands, and he's fidgeting with it. Yeah. And he's saying something. Yeah. I can't understand. He seems like he's been crying. Yeah. Mm. But he's leaving soon. Yeah. Okay, we're going to condense time and space. You have now moved forward. Where are you? I just see me flying alongside of him. And he's in his plane. But it's not me. Yeah. Spirit. That sounds right. Yeah. But he's, passed. he's going down. Yeah. Oh. And I'm there for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so sweet. I love these insights that after she passes from the physical to the non-physical. She was watching over him in spirit form. And that means, my friends out there, that's what's happening with you. You have your loved ones watching over you that have crossed over, assisting you. You just have to be in tune and look for signs. While I was doing this session with uh, Kaza and the war scene, I had seen uh, the bomb drop on um, the the entity, that young woman uh, in England. And Aphrodite popped in and she asked if I could see the beauty in the bomb being dropped. 
and the soul receiving it and the soul dropping the bomb, knowing that they're fulfilling soul contracts. You see, my friends, nothing is by accident. She asked if I could see the roles being played out to see the beauty in the war. And in that moment, I could because Kaza was laying before me in a new beautiful life with my dear friend, Casey. Why did she exit at that point in that life? There's so many things in play and everyone's playing a role for experience and soul growth. I forget it all the time and I get caught up in the game. But how cool is that? Even war, if you raise your perspective, you can even see the beauty in war. And I really, I'll tell you what, I studied war in college and I had to write um, an essay for my final grade, Could uh, Humans Obtain Peace? And I remember uh, at that time, I really had two two perspectives on it. I did believe that peace was possible, but not in our current way of thinking, which is true. You have to bypass the ego and go within and connect with your heart and really move away from duality into oneness. And when that is obtained, once everyone understands that we are all connected, we are all reflections of the same force field, we can really be very loving towards each other. When I hear uh, my friend, uh, Elena, she does Metaphysical Soul Journey uh, podcast, and she was talking to some aliens. She was channeling some aliens from the Andromeda galaxy, and they were just so lo- loving towards each other. For 11,000 years in their village, there was only two unbinding ceremonies done And the stories, of course, are because there was only two in 11,000 years. And they just talked about like how like if somebody gets caught, they all go around that child and soothe that child because they understand that they've been cut because that child's been cut. And I just get so excited for that potentiality to be here on earth, to be to have that connection and that greater understanding and that unity of love. I'm so excited. So, but that's okay. Meanwhile, we are where we are. We believe in right and wrong, up and down, duality, uh, all sorts of things. We are awakening together. I'm so excited that you're awakening with me and we're allowing more love and light into our heart. And I hope by now, you really understand there is more going on than what you physically see. Okay, let's listen back in. So if you look back on this life as this young woman, what was your purpose? Uh, To give 
him that night where we danced. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, that was a very short life. So many more to have. Yeah, of course. How interesting was her purpose was that dance. That was her purpose of that life. And she says, so many lives to have. Just that kind of statement kind of hits you. It makes me pause because I know at times I take this life super seriously. And I forget that I'm internal and that there's so much going on that I am not aware of. Now, I'm going to bring in Kaza's higher self and we're going to find out it is the goddess of Ishtar. I get to experience and feel the energy of the higher selves. And sometimes I do get downloads into my third eye or psychic eye. Ishtar wields universes, not worlds, not planets, not stars. She wields universes. Since this first encounter with Kaza and Ishtar, I have done several sessions with uh, Kaza who channels Ishtar. And I am really grateful for being introduced as Isabel to the goddess of Ishtar. She has mentored me. And I did not know about the goddess of Ishtar. And now, of course, I I see goddess of Ishtar in my reality a lot. I'm sure sent by her. Her essence, if I could explain the goddess of Ishtar, if you were something afraid of something underneath your bed, Ishtar is the person or the entity like, here's your sword. You have the skill to do it. Now, Go look underneath your bed. Where Ashlan's, Casey's higher self, is a gentle mentor. Oh, you're afraid of what's underneath your bed? I know you are. That's okay. You've looked underneath your bed before, and you can do it again. And if you want, I'll stand right next to you by your side as you face what's underneath your bed. Both, I am so grateful that I know both of them because Ishtar has no doubt about your ability, none. And that lack of doubt and her like strength about it makes you feel really strong too. Like, yeah, I I have faced what's underneath my bed and I do have the skills to face what's underneath my bed and I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to do it again. And it's great. And then there are times where you need that mentor like, okay, I know you're scared. We're going to do it together. And, and both are really great. And I'm so excited that you get to meet uh, the goddess of Ishtar through Kaza. I wanted you to get a sense of how powerful Ishtar is. And Kaza is one of the most sweet person I have met. And she is very soft-spoken 
and considerate and smart. And she's wonderful. She, she's so great. Anyways, I'm, I'm gushing. Okay, let's listen back in. May I speak to Kazaa's higher self? Do I have permission to speak to Kazaa's higher self? I'm ready. Aw, thank you. I respect the power of the higher self because I know the higher self takes care of Kazaa's body and does a very good job of it. I also know that the higher self has records of everything that has ever happened to Kazaa in this lifetime and all the other lifetimes she has ever lived. I respect the power of Kazaa's higher self and always ask for permission to speak with it and ask questions. Do I have permission to ask questions? Yes. Oh, thank you. I know the higher self could have brought forth many different lifetimes for Kaza to see today. Um, why did you show her the medicine woman? It's a lot of what she's been asking herself. Ah, she was curious. She's been looking for connections to who she is, and that is what she has been trying to find. Ah. She has been looking for connections and trying to find her purpose. I think our past lives do resonate in us and we have a natural attraction to what we have experienced in our lives and we are drawn to places or interest. But when I ask Ishtar if Kaza is to play the role of the medicine woman again, her response was, it's within her heritage. Not a yes or no, but it can bring her peace. I asked her if she should become a shaman again, and here's her response. Should uh, Kaza look to become a, sh- a shaman again? She believes that that is Casey's purpose. For Casey to be a shaman... Mm-hmm. Ah, and she's to help guide Casey to be a shaman? Yes, because she already understands it. Ah. And can guide him through it. Yeah, and she's already been a shaman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she doesn't necessarily have to explore it again. If she wants to. She could. She could, if she wants to. I think she does, but she... She sees it as a path she's already been down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it would come too easy to her. She <laughs> likes the challenge. <laughs> that it is Casey's purpose. She already understands it, and she doesn't have to explore it again. If she wants to, she can, but she likes the challenge. Let's listen back in. So the purpose of the shaman's life was to answer her questions that she's been as- asking. Mm. And what was the purpose of the woman in the blue dress? The special moment that she shares with Casey. Oh. And she thinks about it often. Uh-huh. And never knew what happened to that person. Uh-huh. But she always remembered seeing 
Casey's last moments. Uh huh. Oh. She wanted. I felt that it was important for her to see it and understand that she had been with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so nice that they've been brought together again today in this life. It is. Yeah. And for them to explore. It's so strange when I think about them together because they... They are always together. <laughs> so they always find each other in many lives, huh? Yes. Oh. But this one is the one for them. And I think that they will return to a state together uh-huh. at the end. Oh, that's so nice. They are always together. They always find each other in many lives, but this is the one for them that they will be together at the end. I know. I hope you went all like me. Let's listen back in. Now, was there, other than Casey, was there anyone in her two lives that you showed us that's in her life now? There are spirits. Mm-hmm. that have followed her. Mm-hmm. But she has been traveling for a long time. Mm-hmm. And her quest is to meet those who are new. Mm. And Ashlam is who stays. But she's to experience new things mm-hmm. as she travels. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And, you know, she was telling about visiting her brother in a dream. He's not here. Ah. He is farther in existence. Uh Uh-huh. But they check in with each other? They do. (laughs) That's sweet. Aw. They have a connection similar to two stars that operate a galaxy. Ah. Together they create something unique. Uh-huh. But I do not think she'll meet him in this path, in this life. Oh, okay. There are spirits that have followed her, but she has been traveling for a long time. And her quest is to meet those that are new. Ashlam stays, but she's to experience new things as she travels, which Kaza does travel for LARP, live action role-playing. She has a YouTube channel, by the way. Let me remind you that Casey's higher self is Ashlam, in case you forgot. She visits her brother in a dream, and he is not here, but further in existence. They check in with each other. They have a connection similar like two stars that operate a galaxy together. And they create something unique. But she will not meet him in this life. Have you noticed that Kaza is displaying psychic abilities in this life? This is what I've uncovered 
your past lives as a medicine woman, a healer, a witch, a sorceress, um, a fairy. Yes, some of my friends have been fairies. Those abilities come with you in this life. It's funny how we forget that we have these abilities and surprise when they appear in this reality. So my healers, my empath, my psychics, my wizards, your abilities are true and they are part of you. They are part of your vibration and frequency. Stop doubting your abilities. Stop discounting it. And I know some of you are thinking, what are your gifts? They have already been displayed. You might even think that your ability, anyone can do the same thing as you. But no. I wanted to know my abilities. And my non-physical mentors kept on telling me, that my ability has already been expressed in my lifetime. And they would ask me, Isabel, what do you think you're good at? And I said, well, I'm really good at including people and throwing a good dinner party. Gathering people around the table is a natural ability for me. It doesn't matter. I have a lot of eclectic friends but when I gather us around the table, it, it's harmonious. It's fun. But I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, well, Martha Stewart can throw a good dinner party. Like, so what, right? And then they said, Isabel, you are good at gathering people around the table, as you would say. But can you imagine gathering 10 people Can you imagine gathering a hundred people? Can you imagine gathering a thousand, a hundred thousand, a million? And gathering people around the table to me is sharing experience and ideas. That is what really gathering people around the table is an exchange of energy in a harmonious, fun way. Of course, I always like to add food and drink with it, Mary, to be Mary. But I often gather people around an idea or assist. I see a friend. I'm really good at saying, oh, you know, you need to talk to so-and-so. I'm just sharing that example with you to show that what your superpower might be is something that you find ordinary or you thought was ordinary, but it's not. It just, you just didn't recognize it within yourself. So I hope you think about your gifts and really appreciate the uniqueness of you and think about what comes easy for you, naturally for you, and that's your clue. Okay, let's listen back in. She's very close to her dog, Aries. She puts a lot of energy into him. Uh Uh-huh. He has something within him 
that understands her. Ah. Uh, She's asked for him to come, and he did. Aw. That's lovely. And she said she's making a good friend, TJ. Yes, TJ is important to her. He operates as a bouncing board for ideas, and he helps balance her thoughts. Ah, very nice. Yeah, because she moved around a lot. So she really didn't develop like uh, close friends, huh? It's a part of her to move. She, her journey here is to celebrate communities and cultures. Ah. She has to go experience each one of them Mm -hmm. to understand not just her purpose, but the purpose of others. Mm. Yeah, I sense she was going to create a community with Casey. There's a lot of force behind that. Mm -hmm. Their, Their community is... It's already begun. Mm -hmm. There's people gravitating towards it. Mm -hmm. And the uncertainty that she has about it is that there will be people who won't welcome it. And it is, she's created this, this life that she cares about, its essence that she wishes to pass on. She's held back by others' perception of it. Oh, she puts a lot of energy into him. He has something within him that understands her, and she asked for him to come, and he did. So how cool is that, that Aries, her dog, came to her? TJ is important to her, and he operates as a bouncing board for her ideas and balances her thoughts. It is her part to move, her journey to celebrate communities and cultures. She has to go to experience each one of them, not to understand her purpose, but to understand the purpose of others. There's a lot of force behind that. Their community is already begun. These people are gravitating towards it. And the uncertainty she has about it that the people will not welcome it. This life she cares about, the essence she wants to pass on, but is held back by others' perceptions of it. We hold ourselves back. Look, it is very easy to do this, especially when we're tied to the outcome of what others think. Here's the thing. Everyone is vibrating. We are all energy and people are mirrors to us, which means if you are vibrating uncertainty, it has to be reflected back. And on top of it, we really can't truly know how someone perceives something or how they think because they are vibrating and attracting their own thoughts due to their own vibration. Energy is very fluid and constantly changing. You are constantly changing. We are beings of energy and all of our energy is unique. 
it seems that we perceive other thoughts as truth because when we look at the color orange, we agree that that color is orange because it vibrates at a steady rate. But actuality, we all see that orange color differently. That is the design of the system. No one or everyone has their own unique perception. Which to me, I just find that amazing. Now that you understand, or now that I'm getting you to think of yourself as energy, that everyone has their own perception of reality, everyone is vibrating their own unique frequency, you are a conglomerate of energy from all the lives you have lived, the beings that you attract, the thoughts that you attract, your beliefs are critical. And I would like for you to imagine your physical reality as a tapestry, a big tapestry with trees and people. Just imagine that. Imagine a big tapestry, a scene. You've got it? Great. Now, I want you to imagine that beautiful tapestry made of water. And you can see the tapestry undulate and move up and down as the waves of the water move up and down. And it kind of sways, right? That water is energy and it's always moving and changing. So even if the scene seems very stable, right? And you can see that it really hasn't changed. It has changed because it's always moving. It cannot not change. And it's very reflective, When you change your vibration, that tapestry changes. So I hope this helps you accept that perceptions of others are holding you back. You cannot really know what someone is perceiving because everything is in flux. And when I tell Kaza, who cares what other people think? I love Ishtar's reply back. Let's listen in. You got to be true to yourself. I try to remind her. (laughs) So she, Speaking of reminding, she says she's starting to see the signs. Is she noticing your signs? She has always noticed them. Oh, that's beautiful. There was a time where she was connected to it much more, and she began to see things that scared her. Oh. And it began to cause the fear in her to focus on 
on the elements and the theories and the sides of things that mm. people shy away from. And there were people who tried to refocus that energy in her so that she could be they how I understand it it's that they wanted to pull her towards more of a darker purpose hmm. but it scared her and so she she took it she made it all go away and just now with with Casey she's starting to show him that those things are real mm -hmm. and that she can control it again. Mm. I try to remind her she has always noticed them. There was a time she was connected to it much more and she began to see things that scared her. It began to cause the fear in her to focus on elements and theories and that the sides of things that people shy away from. And there were people who tried to refocus that energy in her. Ishtar understands it as they wanted to pull her more into of a darker purpose. But it scared her and she made it all go away. And just now with Casey, she is starting to show him that those things are real and she can't control it again. So it seems that Kaza got scared about her psychic ability and closed the door. I know my daughter has done the same thing. And un just until recently, she opened up her psychic door again. It's weird in a way that we're afraid of our own power. Part of us, and yet we deny our own power. And there's a variety of reasons why. Society, worthiness, ego, our own fear holds us. So I hope that you embrace your power, that your power is you, it's for you, and it's an exploration of this reality using that power. Okay, I asked if we can have an example when Kaza did see a sign and when she did not. Let's listen back in. The stones are from me. The stones between her and Casey. Mm. And there is something from me that... she can hear in her mind mm. and she knows that I'm there but mm. she doesn't understand me mm. but there have been times where other essences spirits, guides have shown her things that, she, that were not for me mm. And there was this time where she saw something on the building across the street. Mm -hmm. And I was there telling her to look. But what she was looking at 
It's not from me. It's from something else. Somebody else had created it. Mm. And it was meant to scare her. Ah, and it scared her? It did. Yeah. The stones are from me. The stones between her and Casey. There's something from me that she can hear in her mind. And she knows that I am there, but she doesn't understand me. There has been times where other essence spirit guides have shown her things that were not from me. And there's a time she saw something on the building across the street. And I was telling her to look, but she was looking at something else from somebody else that had created it. And it was meant to scare her. She had missed Ishtar's sign and saw another message that was meant to scare her. So interesting, right? Let's find out why she was meant to see that sign meant to scare her. Remember, nothing is random. Was it for her to know her power? To believe in her own power? Her connection with you? When you say that, I feel her tense. That is what scares her, is the abilities that she believes that she possesses and the things that she believes she can do with the attraction of, as you put it, how you can attract things to yourself mm-hmm. comes very easy to her. Mm. So she can manifest easily. Very much so. Yeah. She's been given a life where she's been asked to do it very frequently, very often. Uh-huh. And there were some early in her life that saw that she she could do that and they they tried to protect themselves by putting out energy that would scare her away. Mm. And when that came to be, she shut it out. Mm. Kaza is afraid of her own power. She can easily manifest and others were drawn to her power. That is what scares the abilities she believes she possesses and the things she believes what she can do with the attraction, how you can attract things to yourself. She has been given a life to do it frequently and often, and early in her life, she can do it. And they try to protect themselves by putting out energy that would scare her. She is not scared anymore in what is brought to her here and communications that she does with Casey has brought it back to the respect of the craft and where it comes from and how it affects others. She does focus on love and she's back in tune and most reward in it. But she doesn't need to be scared, does she? I don't think she's scared anymore. Oh, good. That's wonderful. That's what's brought her here and has her the communications that she does with with Casey. Uh-huh. 
has brought it back into her life in a more positive way. Yeah. To where she's able to respect the craft herself. Yeah. And understand where it comes from and how it affects others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, just being in a state of allowing and love, you know, is powerful. And that's what she can focus on. She doesn't have to focus on anything but love. She does. Yeah. When she does, she finds herself back in tune to where she needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. She she focuses and she tries hard to focus on it and, and she finds the most reward in it. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, it seems like she likes nature, which is great. She does. She was away from it for a long time and then it kind of called out to her and she began to follow it. Uh Uh-huh. Good. She was aware from nature for a long time and she found it again. It called out to her. She is no longer afraid seeing the power and the frequency of love and it's most rewarding. Love that confirmation. Let's listen back in. Does she meditate? She does sometimes when she does yoga. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes she sits alone, clears her mind. She, not as often as I think she should, but she, she still she still does it. She practices. Okay. So you would like her to meditate a little bit more. So that I can connect with her. Yeah. Ishtar would like for her to meditate a little more so that she can connect with her. That is how your non-physical peeps connect, my dear ones. When you meditate, when you quiet your mind, look, it doesn't have to be long. You can just pop in. Breathe through your heart, feel a love of gratitude, emotion, and still your mind. If your mind is running away from you, it is very hard to hear them. You really have to be in a relaxed state of allowing and accepting and calmness. It's it's a frequency thing, my friends. It's just the way it is for all of us. So I hope you are inspired again to meditate. Let's listen back in. Well, I am so excited that you are connecting with her in this direct manner. We're actually recording this so she can listen back to her connection with you. Um, Would you be open to giving yourself a name that she can call you? The name that I can think of is Ishtar. Ishtar. Okay. That's great. Well, Ishtar, it's wonderful to meet you in this uh, very direct manner. I didn't really know a lot about the goddess of Ishtar. I, uh, she is known to be the divine feminine, and she wants us to do self-care. I, I love her energy. Let's listen back in. 
Kaza knows that I'm creating some podcasts. Would you be willing to do this again with us? I, I would like to. I think that it's a way that I can connect with her. Oh, thank you so much, Ishtar. I really appreciate it. So here's the thing. Whether you see me or another, going under, under hypnosis, really does open the door between these two worlds, the physical and the non-physical. It's my intention and passion to help others to connect to their non-physical selves and guides to strengthen that thread, to open your mind and have you understand that your psychic abilities, which just means your soul abilities, it's part of you, it's for you, it's love-based, and to have that connection with your inner being, you're never alone. And once you experience that and feel that, I don't know, man, it's, it's magical. It really is. All right, let's listen back in. I'm going to ask Ishtar to scan her body. There's something in her heart. Okay. But her endometriosis, it is a challenge for her Mm -hmm. to prove that she wants to become a mother. Ah. And when she accepts, when she accepts it, she'll be able to conceive and it'll free her from her burden. Oh. Yeah, I see her. I see Casey and her having children. Oh, so she can let that go. We don't need that message anymore, right? No, I think, I think she will be, she's accepted it and I feel it fading from her. Oh, good, good, good. And what's going on with her heart? She often, has problems with it that are, it hurts her. Hmm. And uh, it's because of uh, some past trauma, but it causes it to clench inside of her and Mm -hmm. it can give her panic easily. Mm -hmm. But it, might be of the mind, but it affects her heart. It hurts mm-hmm. it physically. Mm. Well, can we help her? Does she still need that? She's recovering. Okay. She's in a place now where the that trauma is being processed. Oh, good. So she'll feel a difference when she wakes up? She will be. She'll begin to feel it fade from her. Oh, good. Her heart is becoming stronger. That's wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. I know she'll appreciate it, Ishtar. She'll really appreciate that. To prove that she wants to become a mother, and when she accepts it, she will be able to conceive, and it will free her from her burden. Did you hear that? She has to accept it. 
Your illness in your body is a message, my friend, and it's there for you to help you find your limiting belief. That's why it's there. Nothing is random, which is funny because when you're, listen, I get sent a ton of messages through physical pain because that's how they communicate with me to, to get me to find my limiting belief and really dig deep. It's for you and you have to examine it and you have to deep dive as why you have something. It's not by accident. Oh, and I just want to share with you that I had put Casey under and spoke to Ashlam and Ashlam said to us that there are three souls waiting to come through, Kaza and Casey. So I'm excited about that. Her heart often has problems that hurts her because of past traumas and it causes it to clench in the inside of her and it gives her panic easily. But it might be of the mind, but it hurts her physically. She is recovering from that trauma and it is being processed. She will begin to feel it fade from her and her heart is becoming stronger. So my friends out there who have panic attacks, your heart really releases the hormone that starts the fight and flight system. There's a whole mechanism going on. It's my daughter struggles from panic attacks. Anxiety is worried about other people's perceptions, the future, and you are not in the present moment. So my heart goes out to you for all of those of my friends out there that suffer from panic attacks. Try to go within, try to breathe through your heart, try to remember that you are not alone and that everything is for you and it's just for you to find your limiting beliefs, for you to believe in your own power, to for you to believe how wonderful and magnificent you are. I hope that helps. All right, let's listen back in. And she mentioned her wrist. She broke it. Mm-hmm. And it will never heal. Mm-hmm. But she uses it in a way she doesn't realize that she she hears she shies from but she's able to determine which way she's going to be best equipped for the day by examining her wrist if it hurts her then she knows that she has to dress warmer and if it doesn't then she can dress cooler so it's her temperature gauge it is <laughs> Well, that's a nice gift. <laughs> so she uses it in that way. And I think it helps her because she has a hard time keeping warm. Ah. So. She has a hard time keeping warm. Huh. Is there anything we can do about that? She likes blankets. <laughs> Generally, she has one in her car. She's pretty prepared for it. The 
Kaza as a vessel often takes care of herself better than than most people give her credit for. Aww. She she has many jackets in her car prepared for the day. That's nice. She broke it and it will never heal. But she uses it in a way she doesn't realize that she's able to determine which way to be best equipped for the day. Like if she examines her wrist and if it hurts, she knows to dress warmer. If her wrist doesn't hurt, she can dress cooler. She has a hard time keeping warm and Kaza likes blankets. And that is why Ishtar is not healing her wrist. I just love that. Sometimes when you have a physical condition and we think of it as unwanted, but in reality, it allows us to experience what we like. What is unwanted is wanted. Can you find something that is unwanted, but wanted? Here's my example. For me, I want better posture. And Isis told me that my posture is perfect as is, that I'm approachable. If I had perfect posture, standing like a queen, she said my trajectory would have been different because I would perceive myself differently and I would vibrate differently. And she said, can't you see how perfect it is that you're unwanted is really wanted. And she's right. And also, I just want to let you know, she said, Isabel, don't stress over it, that my posture is going to improve as my self-worth improves. And she said it will naturally happen. And you know what? It has improved because my self-worth has risen. I noticed that, sure, I still slouch, you know, and my shoulders are still rounded. But I noticed that more often I'm rolling my shoulders back and I'm standing tall with a big smile. And my posture is naturally improving. All right, let's listen back in. You know, it's my first time meeting her and she's delightful. I love her. (laughs) She is a reflection of me, so that is good to hear. (laughs) That's right. She is a reflection of you. Yes, yes. And we're going to create a play together. Mm. Yeah. I think she's going to have fun with it. She has a mind for it. Yeah. Yeah. And she can be very creative. She likes helping others be creative. Ah, she's a facilitator. A lot of things she has unlocked in her mind that it, that she finds the fun in in giving pleasure to others through through an exploration of art. Uh-huh. So when she finds that others are excited about it, she gravitates to it to help. Mm-hmm. She finds so much happiness in it. And that's why she does lark, huh? It is. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. She is a reflection of me, so that is good to hear. Did you catch that? Kaza is a reflection of Ishtar. We are all reflections, and we reflect each other and back to source. Again, it reinforces the idea that we are mirrors. 
and that remember your energy, which is another word for light, and light is very reflective. Yes, you have a physical body and you are non-physical at the same time. You are divine source energy. And Isis is working with me. When I look at myself in the mirror, she reminds me that I see myself as Isabel, almost like I see myself as a leaf, but I have no idea of the millions of other leaves that I am, that I am only just seeing this one leaf. It is expanding my mind. It is allowing me to connect with those other parts of myself, to realize that I am just more than what I see in my physical reality. All right. A quick update on the play. Yes, we have started it. Kaza has a mind for it. She likes helping others being creative. A lot of things she has unlocked in her mind. She finds the fun in giving pleasure of exploration of art when others are excited about it. She gravitates to help. She finds so much happiness in it. Let's listen back in. And that's so neat that uh, Casey is going to become a shaman. It's something that calls to him. Yeah. And it's her challenge to take him there. Yeah. Yeah. He once asked her if magic was real. Uh-huh. And she said that she would show him. Oh, that's so nice. And I think Casey's beginning to believe that magic is real. I think he's always wanted it to be real. Yeah. And now it is real for him. More and more so now that he's connected with his higher self. I think so. Ashlam is very poetic. Yes. Ishtar, I noticed the same thing. <laughs> Sometimes I visualize us together. I can see the form of Ashlam uh-huh. and myself. Uh-huh. I know myself, the body that I have. Uh-huh. Not in this form, but my existence. And I can sometimes see Ashlam. Uh-huh. And when I believe Kaza has seen it too when she meditates. Ah. He once asked her if magic was real. He always wanted it to be real. Ashlam is very poetic. Sometimes he visualizes us together and I can see the form of Ashlam in myself. I know myself the body that I have, not in this form of my existence. And sometimes I see Ashlam. I believe Kaza has seen it too when she meditates. Okay, so I asked Kaza, how do you see Ashlam? And she says she sees him as a nebula. Let's listen back in. This next part is really funny to me. And you said they've had many, many lives. So maybe they've been to the desert. They've lived a life in the desert together. Might explain why she's so cold. (laughs) 
Well, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> so they'll have a good time at the desert then. They'll feel like home. He doesn't like the heat. <laughs> Wait, so he lived in the desert and he doesn't like the heat and she's lived in the desert and she misses the heat. He does not do well in the heat. Oh, that's so funny. So it's good that they're just visiting then. I don't know. They might want to stay. Oh, okay. Who knows with she, these? She has, both of them have the ability to to find a space for themselves in remote locations. Ah, yeah. You know, we were, um, well, you were right there, but we were chit-chatting at the breakfast and Vermont keeps on coming up for them. Vermont's a place they want to raise their children. Ah, okay. Okay. I think they might stay in Connecticut. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's lovely. But there is another path where they might find themselves in Germany. Uh Uh-huh. But I think that, I think that Casey, he, he is connected too much to his roots to travel too far Mm. from where he was born. Ah. He has a draw to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Connecticut and Vermont are similar. As long as they find open space. I see that for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Connecticut has farms, so. I see a cow. Uh Uh-huh. Kaza really wants to have a cow. She does? Oh, I hope she gets a cow then. She wants to rescue them and have a an animal refuge where she can care for animals. Uh Uh-huh. That's a path for her, but I think her focus now will will change that. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, she has much to explore. She needs to make up her mind. (laughs) She has woven so many paths for herself, and she just needs to go down one of them. Ah, is there one stronger than the other? They're all very similar. They just have small details. Oh, okay. To raise an art community, to raise a farm, mm-hmm. to raise her friends, a family. Mm-hmm. Which one happens first, I think, is what she's waiting for. Ah. Uh, well, now that she feels your connection again, I'm sure you can assist her. Can. Mm-hmm. I will. She she hears me often, but she chooses not to listen. <laughs> that explains why she's so cold. That cracks me up. He doesn't like the heat. He doesn't do well in the heat. Poor Casey. Both of them have the ability to find space in remote locations. Isn't that neat that that's an ability for them? Vermont is a place which they wish to raise their children. There is another path that they might find themselves in Germany. She believes Casey is too connected to his roots, to where he is born. He is drawn to it. 
Kaza really wants to have a cow. She wants to rescue them and have an animal refuge. And that is a path for her. Her focus now will change that. She needs to make up her mind. She has woven so many paths for herself. She needs to go down one of them to raise an art community, to raise a friend and family community, to raise a farm community. And Ishtar will assist her. She hears me often, but chooses not to listen. I find that really cute and charming and how patient Ishtar is. And it reminds me how patient my non-physical team is with me. I want to circle back on this concept of many paths woven. When you desire something, it is created for you in the non-physical, in the field of potentiality. And then it solidifies into physical reality with focus. You are not creating alone. There are many paths for us to choose. And fear and being tied to the outcome kind of can terminate a path. And Isis is really working with me to focus my energy because when I focus my energy, it gathers the potentiality in that field. And I kind of think of it as steam kind of gathering. And then that potentiality in my continued focus becomes water. And then that continued focus and energy then becomes solid and appears in my physical reality. That's the science analogy that was shown to me. But you can think of this energy and focus as a seed that has the potentiality of a tree. And as you focus on that seed in the field of potentiality, it germinates and grows into a seedling. And with continued focus, it grows into a tree. And what's interesting is, I don't know if you're the same, but we don't focus our energy. We're all over the place. We change our mind. We hop from pad to pad. And it's great. Don't get me wrong because there's exploration in that. But if you want to create and manifest, it's okay for you to do many, many things, but continued focus energy is what Isis is really trying to explain to me, that it brings it forth. All right, let's listen back in. She comes back to the the fear uh-huh. that she, of what she's listening to. Yeah, but she might... Um, I think she'll gain confidence to know your voice now and and know that it's you versus something else, right? I think so. Yeah, because it feels different. 
And it's very loving. Your voice will always be loving towards her. I can feel her. Yeah. I'm trying to soothe her. Uh Uh-huh. as many questions yeah um what if we give her a color so when she sees the color she knows it's from you purple ah purple okay so when she sees purple she knows that's from you and she can build on that trust a good color yeah it is a good color it's the color of magic i think she'll appreciate that (laughs) yes absolutely she comes back to the fear and what she is listening to she's going to gain confidence in the voice of ishtar and will know the difference ishtar was feeling her and soothing her and her color is purple to reinforce the connection with her higher self, Ishtar. Let's listen back in. She asks a lot of questions. I think she wants me to answer them all right now. (laughs) Well, maybe just one. (laughs) Trying to sort through them all. She wants to know why... She dreams about and is visited by an angel or a being that identifies as one. Mm -hmm. She feels like they're the same Uh, sometimes she sees uh, Hades sometimes she sees Lucifer Mm. And there's a small bit of rebellion in them Mm -hmm. that causes her to want to soothe when she's around them. Mm. And I think the reason why they come to her is because of her attraction to want to problem solve. Mm. And they offer guidance in the other side of a dilemma that she's trying to work out. And she knows them because they've come to her many times. But they are like kin to her because of her seeking justice. She understands them. Ah. And that is why they come to her. So Hades and Lucifer also have the vibration of justice. They wanted to seek justice. Yes. Ah. Mm-hmm. Their rebellion, what is seen as rebellion and what they 
that they stand on, others might not always see. Mm-hmm. But they do seek justice for their the crimes that have happened to them mm. or to others or those that they mm-hmm. look after. Mm-hmm. So they influence, they offer her guidance. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't necessarily need to be afraid of them, does she? No, she's just, what she's afraid of is the... And she expresses that there, the visits from them, the the ideas it might cause in others. She's very worried about how others perceive her, and and she feels very close to those two. And mm-hmm. she feels she feels that she can talk with them mm-hmm. very easily, and mm-hmm. when they visit her, she is able to. Show them compassion and empathy, as if she's known them for a long time, as if they are her friends. Yeah. And well, they seem like her friends. They are. Yeah. And those are just stories that we hear, Kaza, in our reality. Those are just stories. You, you have to trust your inner knowing of these entities. You know love, you know. You, you know them. You have to, don't listen to other stories people say about these entities. You follow your own truth. There's so much more going on. You know, and sure, Hades was known as to be bad and Lucifer, but who's to judge? We're not to judge. They're all part of that is. And they're your friends. They have much bigger hearts than people realize. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. And thank you so much for sharing this with me because um, I too have heard those stories. And it's it's beautiful. It's such a beautiful message to to look at something as not good as good. And how beautiful is that to see something in a new light and a new way? Because I can't imagine Kaza. She's, she's, she's lovely. And if these are her friends, that's wonderful. And that they take care of her. Kaza's known to, to see the good. And the things that others don't see. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the things that I wish, that I wished for her, that I wanted her to have in this life. Oh, that's wonderful. Because we're all energy and we're all created by, you know, source. She asks a lot of questions and I think she wants me to answer them all right now. I thought that was really cute. I'm trying to sort through them all. Why she dreams about and being visited by an angel or being identified as one, as they are the same. Sometimes she sees Hades and sometimes she sees Lucifer. And there's a small bit of rebellion in them that causes her to want to soothe when she's around them. 
I think the reason why they come to her is her attraction to problem solve as they offer her guidance on the other side of the dilemma that she's trying to work out. And she knows them because they come to her many times. They are like kin to her. Because of her seeking justice, she understands them. And this is why they come to her. It would have been seen as rebellion as they do seek justice, the crimes that happen to them or others. So they influence others and offer guidance. What she is afraid of is the expression of these visits from the ideas that might cause in others. So yes, I mean, I totally relate to that because when um, I'm in the session, right, and Lucifer and Hades are mentioned, I went like, oh my gosh, is that dark power, right? Because I'm. those are the stories that I know, but... <clears throat> I know there's a lot of misinformation out there now. So I take everything that what I thought was true with a grain of salt. Okay. Um, so she's afraid of how others will perceive her. And she's very close to these entities, which they're super sweet, by the way. And she can talk to them very easily. And they're very compassion and compassionate with her. And she has known them for a long time, and they are her friends. They have much bigger hearts than people realize. And now that I've met them through Kaza, that is so true. They are, oh my gosh, super sweet. Kaza is known to see the good in others that others do not see. Now, how nice is that, right? I love that. Ishtar wished her to have this in this life. So every time I think about like our abilities and whatnot, how um, Ishtar gave her this ability to see the good in others where others cannot. And it's almost like powering up or a skill that is given to you. And it's not random. Okay, so after this session, I just want to share with you, Hades and Lucifer did come visit me uh, that night after her session. And I I just want to tell you, I was just a little nervous because I didn't really know Hades and Lucifer. And I asked them if I could read about them and do some research. And sure enough, I... I can't even tell you like the, the, where the information I found or sites. Like the next day I went to work and my Kindle book from Doreen, uh, Cannon opened up and it opened up to a page around Lucifer and explain who Lucifer was. So Lucifer, I just want to let you know, was not associated with the devil until the 1800s. Curious. He is known as the light bearer. He is also associated with the planet Venus. And so is Ishtar. And Ishtar's sister married Hades. And Hades, I didn't really know a lot about Hades, except from like the Disney movie from Hercules, that he was the lord of the underworld. But anyways, he was the brother of Zeus. And Hades volunteered to take the lost souls and care for them. And Lucifer um, helps souls see their light, 
their own light. And sometimes they do reflect the darkness back to that soul to like uh, pop them back into the light. It was such a pleasure meeting these two entities. I, I can't tell you. After I researched and read all this information, the next day I went hiking with my little white dog and they came uh, on my walk with me and I basically asked like all questions about demons and evil and blah, 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 blah. And all it is, is that fear is the absence of light. And absence of light is love. And it's just a discordance. We didn't know how to describe it. It's just an unbalanced frequency. Everything is love. Nothing cannot be love. We are all source. Source created everything. And when I had like this conversation, they said, you know, Isabel, fear is really a weak energy. And then they were showing me um, radioactive. Oh, so bananas emit a weak frequency of uh, radiation, by the way. And they were showing me that, that love will always triumph, always. And that there's nothing to fear, just vibrating love and acceptance is very powerful. And then they showed me, which was so cool, they showed me uh, a catapult with a big heavy rock. And you know, like that rock weighs tons, tons, right? And then they showed me a splitting of an atom. And that's like our atomic bomb, right? Which blows up a mountain. One dings a mountain and one blows up a mountain, right? And that's, that's what they were saying. They were saying, that's how powerful love is. Love is so powerful that one little frequency of it is just, can blow up a mountain, can move mountains, not blow up. That's, you know, but can move mountains. Uh, so I really honor the work that uh, Hades do, uh, does for us to take care of those lost souls and Lucifer working with also lost souls, unwanted souls, and to show the light within themselves to bring them back into the frequency of love. I am very grateful for these entities for mentoring me and coming um, to me. So I have gained a greater understanding. I know a lot of you were beyond me <laughs> with this understanding of these two entities. And for those who are just hearing about them, they're, they're, they're wonderful angels. All right. So let's listen back in. This, this is the part when Kaza wakes up. How do you feel? Oh, that was Wonderful. I do feel like I just took a nap. <laughs> um, I have like, I'm like, oh, I want to stretch and like, yeah. Oh, that was great. There was this time when I heard you mention when you would say Ishtar's name. Uh huh. And my face would just get like, I felt like I was like blushing or something. Like just my whole body would get warm and I'd be like, oh, it's the name. And so, and I felt like for a while, um, 
my body, when I could feel my body, it didn't feel like it was like surfaced against this bed, but it was uh-huh. more, it was uh, like my hands felt like they were even above, like uh-huh. floating above where the rest of my uh, body was kind of resting. So mm-hmm. yeah. Do you have any questions for me? What do you remember? <laughs> oh, um, Remember your past lives? I remember seeing those visions. Uh huh. I remember seeing the, the clothes mm-hmm. and being cold. Mm-hmm. And I remember being very dizzy, mm-hmm. incredibly dizzy. Uh, it was that was rough. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you. You got injured. I think a bomb hit you. Wow. That was, it, it felt like um, when you, like I've, I've fallen out of a tree before mm-hmm. and I got the wind knocked out of me. And, um, but it was, the more I focused on it, the dizzier I became. And I mm-hmm. like, my stomach started to turn. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And then you were in the hospital. Do you remember that? Yeah. I re- I remember the blonde guy. Mm-hmm. I always associate that with Casey. Mm-hmm. And you passed, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. But you had, you knew you were eternal and you had many more lives. <laughs> I think if it has to do with Casey, I think it's like. Yeah. You've had many, many lives any, with Casey, anytime, by the way. Anytime that I'm with him, I get that feeling. Yeah. It's, uh, so I think if, if that's where I was, then. And I had been with him, then yeah, no, nothing else could have probably yeah been like uh, on my mind because I would have just been like, oh well, I'll yeah. just be with him again. Yeah, so. yeah, that was very much it. Oh. And what do you remember of Ishtar? Oh, she has her form. Uh huh. Is uh, just just radiates energy. Uh huh. And like. Her skin is like if you took all of the galaxies and just put bunched them together, Aww. it just looks like they're moving around within her and and her outline is like gold. Wow, that kind of just is, yeah. it just keeps it all together. but it was uh, yeah, she was cool. I feel like everything I want to be would be her. <laughs> well, you are her. Yeah, <laughs> so that's the goal. <laughs> Thank you, Kaza, for sharing your experience and lives with us. Thank you for teaching us as a medicine woman and sharing your personal fears. Thank you, Ishtar, and all my non-physical entities helping me understand, helping my friends who listen to this expand their minds with mine. Thank you, Brian Murphy, for putting this podcast together. Thank you for listening to this podcast and sharing this podcast with others. I really appreciate it. You can find me on Facebook under Attracting Wisdom and on Instagram. And you can check out the videos that I post from the Crystal Light Collective that I channel for you to do some fun exercises to build that psychic connection within you. 
I love you tremendously. And until next time, see the wonder and magic of it all. If you're inspired to reach out or know somebody who is an expert in the subject matter we discussed today, please let us know. You can reach us at attractingwisdom at gmail.com or find us on Facebook under Attracting Wisdom and shoot us a message over there. Attractingwisdom.com is where we'll gather our information. Until next time, friends, explore away.